This summer, we've been in this series uh, going through the book of Proverbs. And it's been a very unique series where we're looking and saying, God, uh, how would you give us wisdom for practical areas of our life? And so we've had the chance to deal with a number of these topics. We've dealt with uh, our words. We've dealt with our work. We've dealt with relationships, parenting, uh, marriage. We've dealt with uh, finances. And uh, when you look at the book of Proverbs, what you see is you see an older, mature father who is giving wisdom to his son. And he's saying, hey, here's, here's wisdom for you. And so we have an opportunity today. I want to invite uh, my wife, Samantha, to come on up. And uh, uh, Pat and Rod Nipper, if uh, you guys would come up. And Steve and Kathy Altick, if you would come up. Uh, today we're going to look a little different uh, here at Restoration than we normally do. Uh, what we're going to do today is instead of me opening up God's Word to give you wisdom, I've invited uh, these couples who I would view, uh, you probably want to sit by your husband. Uh, I would recommend that, uh, Pat. She's like, the, ooh. Um, <laughs> what I've asked these couples, these are couples that I would look up to. These are couples that I would say uh, they are mature. Uh, they have lived life. And uh, I uh, love learning from people that have uh, been there and done that. And so we've asked them today to do a panel discussion with us where what we've done the last couple of weeks is we've taken your questions uh, regarding marriage and parenting and relationships and we're going to run through these questions through uh, these couples that have been through uh, life. And I think it's going to be a really helpful discussion for us. Uh, let me just say, if you are in a stage of life where you're saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm single. How does this relate to me? Or maybe you're saying, uh, I don't have kids. I never plan on having kids. All you have to do is just keep cleaning up after them all. And I just want to have that for my life. Uh, or if you're in a situation where, I don't know whatever situation you are. I want you to understand that the principles that we talk about today, about relationships and parenting, they apply to so many different spheres of life. When you think about dealing with conflict, uh, you deal with conflict in most relationships. And guess what? You deal with conflict in your workplace. You deal with conflict with your siblings in your family groups. You deal with conflict. And so these principles that we're going to talk about today apply to so many different areas of, of life. And so wherever you are, um, I want you to engage in this, and if you are someone who is saying, well, I'm not yet married, I don't yet have kids, uh, these are things that you can be writing down and uh, putting into practice right now. These are things that you can uh, look and say down the road, uh, I'd love to be able to learn and know how to be successful in those things. Uh, or you can look at the people around you and say, well, I've got a sibling, I've got this person I'd love to be able to bless uh, with some wisdom for those areas. So I just want to read uh, a verse before we get started, and then we'll jump in. Proverbs chapter 12, verse 15 says, A fool's way is right in his own eyes, but whoever listens to counsel is wise. So that's what we're going to ask you to do today is listen to counsel. While we do that, I'm going to ask for just God's blessing in our time together, and uh, then we'll jump in. Uh, God, thank you for uh, Restoration Church. Thank you for what you are doing here. Uh, thank you for this opportunity to have a discussion that would hopefully be encouraging to so many of us in here today. Lord, I pray that you would take the words that we're about to hear and that you would um, touch our hearts with them, that you would draw our relationships deeper. God, that you help us to understand uh, your wisdom for our relationships, your wisdom in parenting, your wisdom in marriage, your wisdom in all those areas. Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together. I pray, God, that you would make it fulfilling to us. Jesus, we love you, we praise you, and we ask this in your holy and precious name. Amen. 
So let me just uh, real quickly introduce these couples. Uh, to my right is Steve and Kathy Altick. And uh, you guys have been at Restoration for how long now? About a year and a half. You do have a microphone that I, if you hold that button right there, just hold that and that'll turn green. There we go. Now you're on. Year and a half. Uh, Johnny's working on that. Um, and uh, you guys have been married for, for how long? 56 years. 56 years. Now, one of the things I always do is when I hear a couple that's been married for that long, I'm like, I want that. And uh, so I'm really excited to have, and you guys have how many kids? We have three. Three kids. Three kids. And uh, Pat and Rod Nipper, you guys have been at Restoration for? Two years. Two years? Two years. Two years. Uh, <laughs> and uh, tell me, how long have you guys been married? 47. Yes. 47. <laughs> and... I love that because did you see he looked and checked? 40, 47? And she says yes. And uh, Pat and Rod, how many kids do you guys have? We have five. We have five. And uh, my wife, Samantha, how long have we been married? We've been married 16 years. 16 years. <laughs> and we have five wonderful kids ourselves. I'm going to put my drink down. And, uh, we're going to start with the first question, and uh, I'm going to jump in. And uh, this is going to be, first I'll ask the wives and I'll ask the husbands. Uh, when we look at marriage in the Bible, one of the things that people have a hard time understanding is what does it mean for uh, when the Bible tells wives to submit to their husbands? So um, for Kathy and, and, and Pat, what does submissive love to your husband actually look like practically? What, is, what does that look like for you to have a submissive love for your husband? Kathy and I decided we were going to sit and stare at you and make you really <laughs> uncomfortable. I, <yeah. laughs> These answers are all really, really good. If, if it takes a bit to get into it, we took two hours, I think. We didn't even get through all the questions, and so I'm sure today it will be the same, hopefully, dialogue. And if we missed some questions, um, it wasn't because we didn't like your question. It's because there was so many, and they were all so good. So right. I just want to start I think a, a very practical, simple thing that most of us learn early on as far as being submissive and really to one another, um, for some of us who like to be right, um, we don't always have to have the last word. You don't. I don't always have to have the last word. I don't have to carry every argument out until we're exhausted. I can... I can just stop, and if there's a real need to get something resolved, take it so where, where the two of you can talk about it together. Don't, don't hassle and um, get angry at each other, especially in front of the children. Just don't do it. If it's important enough to figure out what the right is, then take it together away from that family setting and, and figure out as best you can how important is it to be right rather than sometimes kind? We have to decide that. How about you, Kathy? Well, we talked about a lot of things, and of course, um, all of us are a little bit different, but it applies to every one of us. Um, it is, as far as submissive love, something that I've uh, grown into as a Christian. 
uh, became Christians in 1970, and um, we were a young Air Force couple who uh, were on the traveling, uh, not because we were traveling for fun, but we were going overseas. He was going overseas. I was following, and uh, we were pretty independent. We didn't have any children for five years, and because of all the... Um, uh, duty and and um, being overseas and so it was um, it was a work of God truly when we met uh, a pastor who really took us under his wing and <clears throat> became Christians at in 1970 and uh, it's made all the difference um, as you know and I what I found personally in being um, being submissive is being uh, a willing listener. I mean, I can, uh, you know, start talking and we could start arguing, but if I listen, um, I think that is a, a huge thing to remember, listen. And um, be open to suggestions. Be, you know, it's not my way, it's, it's our way and figuring out together how we're going to navigate. And um, I... If I have a strong conviction, which I, I tend to do that sometimes, um, state it in love. You can state it in love. And um, that has made all the difference for me. So, uh, Steve and, and, and Rod, you guys have one minute uh, to uh, tell me what a sacrificial love to your wife looks like. Uh, men are called to have this uh, sacrificial love. What does that look like for, for you practically? Well, you just heard her admit that she has a strong personality, right? And, uh, I think the big thing is for guys <clears throat> is to realize that uh, it's not our way, it's not our agenda. And I think that the, God's purpose in this is to make us put our wives first, to understand them and listen to them. And that's, you know, that's hard to do sometimes, but uh, that's the key. I think if we do that and we listen and we put them first, then uh, things work out a lot better. Mm-hmm. What you, Rudd? You know, I thought this question, when I thought of it first, I thought, <clears throat> sacrificial love, it doesn't seem like a sacrifice to love Pat. Oh. Um, <laughs> well, we've been lovers for a long time. And, um, but I think it's, it's just, you think about how Christ loves us, and that's the model for us. It's like, Wow. That is powerful, and how do we do that every day, day in, day out? It's, uh, it certainly takes dependence on the Holy Spirit, I think, in order to do it. And so that's, that's what I think, is that we, we just have to draw close to God. We depend on the Spirit to move us in the right way, and uh, he'll do it. Okay. I think um, a lot of these questions and an- or answers to this question seem to come back to listening and it's not my way it's our way and really a recurring theme for me that it seems like is um perspective in marriage having an internal perspective of what the role of marriage is and not what i want right now but how my marriage can um be reflected for eternal purposes uh, moving into the next question males and females often have different communication styles how do you work through this challenge? And when in conflict, what is your strategy for resolving differences? And, 
Well, Pat and I are really different in terms of how we respond to situations. Pat is very quick and on it right away. I'm very much more thoughtful and think it through. And so sometimes that causes a pretty big conflict. Uh, I'm not ready to make the decision and she's already made it. <laughs> so. It takes a while for him to come around to seeing my white whiskers. <laughs> so what we, what we, I tend to do, and, and if it really is something pretty big, then we, we spend time praying about it. I spend time praying about it and come around again and we, we take a little time to work these things through. But I, I think it's all also very rich that we approach things differently and recognize it in each other and, uh, and count on coming to agreement. If we can't come to agreement, we just don't move. And that's an important lesson, I think, is be careful. If you don't want to move ahead if you're not getting agreement with your spouse. Because we are one in Christ. Uh, he joined us together to become one flesh. How about you, Steve? What is that? Uh what does that look like in your relationship? Um, something most of you parents probably do with your kids is have, take timeouts. And I think uh, <clears throat> when we have a, a conflict, and I think the longer we've been married, the more we've been able to just walk away for it, from it, you know, momentarily maybe, maybe longer than momentarily, depending <laughs> on how, how big the conflict is. But I think w once you realize the point in a, in a conflict or an argument or a strat uh, something that you're not agreeing on, both, both husband and wife can realize that escalating it is, is not going anywhere. And I think if you have that kind of agreement to say, you know, let's do something else, let's walk away from it, let's pray about it right now, uh, that's, that seems to be the best way. Let's go for a walk. We do a lot of walking. <laughs> uh, I, I just had to really think about this, and, and uh, although it was really vivid in my mind what I wanted to say, um, you can have a spirited conversation. You, can, you know what I mean? I mean, not yelling at each other, but full, your spirit, um, hopefully in tune with the spirit of God and um, your own thoughts mixed in. Um, but it's good to have that conversation and get it all out, you know, um, before both of you. And, and uh, the solution then, I think, takes prayer uh, together and giving, each one giving. Uh, some things are big, some things are just momentary, but uh, it's worth the time to keep communicating. I mean, that's the main, main thing to do. And keep a sense of humor. It's really helpful in, in a lot of conversations. Uh, one of the other things that we talked about uh, the other night that I think is valuable in this conversation is keeping perspective on how sometimes we're disagreeing um, over a little issue and we turn it into World War III over a little issue. And so I think perspective, uh, asking the question of this issue that we are so angry about um, and you're going to sleep on the couch about, is it really going to matter in a year from now? Probably not. And so that perspective is sometimes helpful in conflict. Uh, moving on to this next question. This is, uh, I'm going to gear this for Rod and Steve. Um, as men, one of the things we enjoy is romance. And so, how do you respond when romantic feelings 
ebb and flow? How, how do you respond when they come and go? Um, and, and, and what do you do to, to fan the flame? I'm thinking about, uh, you know, think about different stages of marriage, but, uh, but what encouragement can you give uh, just for those romantic feelings, how to keep pursuing them and keep that flame going? Remember, Steve, I was going to let you do this Okay. One. <laughs> well, I can tell you that uh, ebb and flow is different when you're 25 than when you've been married for 56 years. So <laughs> I, think, I think the big thing is you begin to uh, uh, understand your, your mate, your husband or your wife, and you're able to uh, learn uh, love language things, that, whether it's helping, doing things for her. There's, there's a different... A different way of responding to each other, uh, and not that you know, not that your marriage is void of, of love, but it's what it is. Is it takes a little different form. I think the older you get, the longer uh, you've been married, but you still, uh, it's still an important part of any of any marriage. Well, I <clears throat> one of the things that I think um, men particularly are uh, a weakness that we don't do a very good job of being deliberate about uh, loving our wives. <clears throat> um, so we, we have this agenda and we sometimes we want to rush into things and, uh, and our wives are, are looking for that relationship that is much stronger than, a, than uh, what men usually think of. <clears throat> so my conclusion, and, and I think the Lord just led me into this years ago, is that uh, being really deliberate about doing romantic kind of things for our wives uh, that are not just a quick thing. It may be something that has to be sustained over a, a long period of time, and I'm thinking even weeks, but you're doing something really special that is very meaningful to them. And uh, I think that's pretty powerful, and it's a very romantic Thing to be doing. Would you, uh, it's been said that men are like microwaves and women are like crockpots. Would you agree with that? Wrapping up this question, I think when we kind of summed it up the other night, deliberate was a really good word. Intentional, um, those were good descriptions. And then also recognizing, which has already been said, that there is an ebb and flow. And obviously with marriages that have, you know, lasted for as long as yours, you recognize those seasons. But if you're newer in marriage, you may not know that there are seasons where there is an ebb and there is a flow. And you're not always going to be in one or the other. Um, and then for females, I think um, really checking your heart and making sure that your fulfillment is found first in Christ and you can enjoy the blessing of marriage and the blessing of a spouse that God's given you and, and how God has designed marriage, but making sure that your fulfillment is not being constantly dropped because your expectations are up here. Um, so how should a wife respond? This is geared toward Pat and Kathy. <laughs> when she believes that God told her to do something, but her husband is not in agreement. Call Kathy. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, 
toughie, and I, I think really it goes both ways. I think it could be uh, a woman not in agreement with what her husband has come up with either. Something that, you know, something that one of us has felt that believed that God has said we should do. I think that it was mentioned earlier, you don't step out and move unless you have agreement. Um, I think you need to pray about it together, pray about it separately, talk, wait, and perhaps even receive counsel, but for sure pray and um, continue to talk about whatever this is. You know, I don't believe that either the woman or the husband, wife or husband, should just go into something that the other feels strongly is not what they ought to do or not what we ought to do. It needs to be agreement. So many good things. Um, and you discover them as you go along. And, and if you discover what works for you and what uh, has worked in the past, hang on to that. And the, the main thing, I think, if you have two different points of view, is to uh, listen to God first. And don't forget to listen to your spouse. And it's almost a simultaneous thing. But uh, God has an answer for you. Um, and remember to ask both, both uh, your husband or your wife um, what, they're, what they truly uh, feel and, and want in this situation. And the most important thing probably to me is to go to the Bible and find answers because they're there. And it may not be specific uh, as you want, but um, it may be an attitude thing. It may be uh, just, it's God's word. So go to the Bible. I think, uh, speaking of that, I think in uh, 1 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul was talking about marriage and saying, if you're single, you are free to follow God in, in, in anything that God might call you to do. If you are married, uh, you also have the responsibility to a spouse. And, uh, and so uh, it kind of gives the idea that I think that in, in that question, um, if, uh, if, if a wife feels called to something and her husband isn't, um, your uh, responsibility, uh, not, maybe not your responsibility, but you have a, a dual citizenship. You have dual responsibilities to fulfill. And I'm not sure that God would call you to do something that your spouse is not in agreement in. And I think that works for both ways. I think when we got ready to plant Restoration Church, um, my wife had to be on board with that. That's not something that I can decide on my own to plant a church. And uh, thankful that um, God put that in Samantha's heart. And uh, here we are five and a half years later. And, uh, all right. Uh, uh, a question on retirement. So uh, Pat and Rod, you guys are almost there. And uh, Steve and Kathy, you guys are there. Um, <coughs> What wisdom can you give a wife and a husband as they adjust to both individuals being retired? Steve, Kathy? Sure. Uh, <laughs> well, it's, it's a, uh, you know, if you think of life as a series of chapters or seasons, retirement is just one of those changes uh, that everybody goes through at, at different points. And so I think it involves a whole, a whole, gamut of things. For us, it was schedules change, uh, priorities change, uh, 
So uh, we talked the other night. I mean, basically anything like when you get up in the morning, go to work, all of a sudden you get up in the morning, you don't have to go to work. So what do you do? And uh, walk, right? But uh, <laughs> I think uh, <clears throat> I think that's the first thing. Is is but the other thing that I think is really important is it's a, an exciting time. It's a change in life that should be exciting. You should look forward to. It's fun to explore new things, find, and make yourself busy in, in different areas. So it shouldn't be dreaded. Uh, you know, I don't think uh, I think a lot of people don't want to retire because they dread it, and uh, it's just a, it's just a change. And it can be an exciting and a, and, a, and a fun change. Well, we had um, kind of just a bit of history. We had 23 years together in the Air Force and uh, 30 years in ministry at a Christian camp. And so we were apart a lot uh, those 23 years uh, with duty and um, uh, traveling, with Steve traveling. And... Uh, then came the 30 years of being together every day. Uh, we're at work in the, in the office and uh, out on the grounds. But um, both I, I really loved. I mean, I, I didn't love the separation, but, um, you know, we became, when we became Christians, everything made so much sense. And it was whatever you were doing or had to do, you could do it. And um, with the Lord's help. And so being together all day, I think you can uh, have all kinds of new things to do. Um, I, do. There are people that say they're more busy now than they were when they were working. And that does, that does happen sometimes. You have to kind of be wise. But um, it's, it's been a joy the last, how long have we been retired? A year and a half hasn't been long. But um, it's a blessing. And uh, Pat and Rod, as you guys are approaching that season, uh, what insight would you guys add? Or okay. I, she, I thought she was going to say she's afraid. <clears throat> so I'm getting ready to retire <clears throat> here this end of this year. <clears throat> and uh, I don't, I don't fear anything. I don't anticipate any big change or anything like that with us, but she's afraid because I'm going to be home all the time. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, but we, we are really busy with lots of different things going on. Um, so I actually, I've gotten to the point where maintenance of my body is taking so much time I've got to retire. That's the problem. <laughs> um, and then, then there's other things that needs a lot of maintenance like our place and and other things that I want to do so it's I had to think about seriously about retiring because I really love architecture I love designing and doing things so that was it's been a problem for me to come up to the level of deciding to retire um, but I do have so much going on and we have both got so much going on that it's it's just going to be a little bit of a relief to get one of the things out of the agenda and that's that's one of the things with the marriages that I think is really important is uh, the big problem that we always faced was being overextended, having too much going on that we don't have time for each other. And uh, that's, a, that's a, just a warning out there. But I think now we're going to have more time. It's going to even be better. <clears throat> I'm not afraid. 
But we, one of the things is that we're, we're, we have and we are talking about what this might look like. Um, and it's true that everybody has a rhythm to their life and um, our rhythm, our life rhythm is going to change. So we want God to lead us in what directions he wants us to go. Um, I too am looking forward to uh, not having some of the time restrictions that work necessarily puts on your life. Uh, we have the five kids, like we said, and, and um, I've lost count. Eight grandkids and four or five great-grandsons. And those grandkids and grandson and great-grandsons are all within visiting distance. So we've got a lot of places where we can put in time and effort and love and affection and play, besides ministry opportunities and other, other things. So it's, it's going to look a little different. But I think we're both at the point of saying it's a new adventure. As Steve said, it's a new chapter, and there's nothing to fear in that. So I uh, want to adjust our conversation now to, to parenting. And I will say again, uh, Samantha mentioned this, if you had questions that didn't get an asked and answered, um, I encourage you to stop by the office, and I will have Jake answer every question you want. Uh, the hard ones, the easy ones, and... Uh, uh, we'd love to be able to continue that conversation, but I want to move on to parenting. Um, and this is a question for all of you. I think it's something that I, one of my favorite questions to ask people is, uh, as you look back at your uh, days with your kids, what's one thing that you did uh, raising your kids that you feel you did right? Like if you could go back over, this is one thing you did right, you would do it all over again. And on the opposite side, what's one thing you regret with your kids while you were growing, while you were raising them? Just go down the line. There we go. Yeah, for, for me, I think it was, uh, we had three, three child. Our first oldest child was not, we were not Christians. Uh, when she was born in 67, we became Christians in 70. So uh, although she got introduced to the Lord at a little later, the other two were kind of brought up in that. So I think that was good that they had a faith walk as part of the family. The other thing is the importance of family. I think... Uh, I think we were able to, because of the closeness to her parents, my parents, extended family, our kids grew up with a, a great love, and, and they knew their extended family, and I think that's really, uh, really important. Well, I, I think the number one thing that I would say we were able to do, too, was spend quality time with our kids. I knew I was teaching uh, most, much of the time, and um, I had... Um, I was teaching at a Christian school. I had my daughter in uh, kindergarten. Uh, we, were, we were with our kids a lot at camp, and uh, they were experiencing the ministry right along with us, and that was, had its great times, and it had difficult times, but they learned a lot. And um, what, I, what I need to remember as they are adults now uh, is that they they are on the other side of the mountains where we, we moved from and came over here and people said, well, 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 well why'd you do that? And, it, you know, it was like, well, we have a lot, we have a list of reasons. <laughs> and we've enjoyed it tremendously being here. But now they visit us. Uh, we visit them 
and um, that has been a joy. I, I uh, you know, love to see them more often, uh, and grandchildren. We have uh, coming up number seven in a couple months, and uh, all boys and one girl. And so it's very active when they come over. They uh, enjoy it. But um, I, I think I'm going to pass it along. <laughs> Go ahead. All right, Pat Rod, something you did well, something you regret. I think of, of the things that we did that we did well, I think number one was having our kids in the church and are being active in the church. Yeah. Um, and I thought about this. We had some other questions that we discussed the other night. And uh, one of the things that really touches on it, a lot of issues that young couples have, and young couples uh, or young singles raising kids, is the church is an incredible opportunity to have other people within the church help out with some of those husband-wife kind of things. Um, father uh, kind of issues or mother kind of issues. So I think as I look back on it, our kids benefited tremendously from wise counsel from other people in the church, uh, teachers and counselors and camp people and all those opportunities. Boy, you want to take advantage of that. Um, one of the other things that I wanted to mention was that uh, my wife is a really great cook. Um, but I really think that one of the things that we did a lot and is really important is sitting around the table together. Uh, you start with prayer and then you have discussions and talk about things. Uh, man, that is important. And I see, um, I see a problem today with people, particularly young couples and all of us actually being too busy, too much going on that you don't have time to sit down and spend some time together kind of quality time that you get to talk about things. Talk about things that's happening in the church, in your life, problems at work, whatever it is, the kids get to know uh, about life through those times. I, yeah, I would agree that sitting down together at dinner almost every night is it's a platform uh, designed to... Uh, have fellowship and to model Christ. A um, couple of things. Um, got a couple of scriptures that are wonderful. Um, this one, which is familiar to most of you, probably from Deuteronomy 11, and I just pulled out verses 18 and 19. Uh, Fix these words of mine, God says, in your hearts and minds. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you are at home, when you walk about, at night, and in the morning. I've always concentrated on those. Teach them to your children when you, you know, sit and stand and, and walk around, and when you're with your kids, you talk about things. The, you, you recognize God in your conversation with your children. But I realize that that verse 18 is... A bigger key, and that is for myself to fix God's word in my mind, or I can't share naturally and honestly with my kids or with anyone else if it's not fixed in my mind to start with. So for parents, 
wanting to uh, bless their children and lead them in the Lord, we, first of all, need to be led by the Lord and, and that truly God has to be our priority in our own life first before we can give much of quality to our kids or to our spouse. So a little bit of a confession. That first question was Kevin and I's question that we put in. That's a question that we've been asking couples for 16 years. And we uh, like to glean from more mature, not older, more mature couples um, what God has done through them. And I think you hit on it and kind of led into the next question, which is... um, Really, apart from God, you can't do anything. And I, after we talked the other night, I was thinking of the scripture in John 15. And as we kind of started this in the beginning years of our family, of asking couples, what's important? What's not important? What, how do you even go about tackling this huge task of uh, leading your children, of parenting? Um, and we were given some really wise advice. It's, it's awesome to hear wisdom But the most important foundational thing is first and foremost your relationship with Christ. And if you abide in the vine, a branch can't do anything by itself. But if you're in the vine, God's word says, then you will bear much fruit. And so I think practicing some of these practical tips, but first that relationship with Christ, knowing that God will work in whatever he's given you in your own family. So, moving into kind of what we were talking about, what practical family rhythms and rituals help parents teach faith and the gospel to our children in each stage, from toddler, baby, school, teen? One of my favorite memories on that kind of subject is uh, Pat and I have a, in a sense, a blended family. We were both married before we came to Christ. Pat had one a daughter, and I had two children, a uh, boy and a girl. And we got them, when we got married, we ended up with all three kids. And that was how we started our marriage. But one of the fun things that we really did a lot of was reading to our kids. Because we were all coming to Christ as new. I mean, our, my older kids were 10 and 11, and Sarah was 3. So we were all learning about Christ together at the same time, and so we started reading books, sitting on this little trundle bed, all five of us, and that's what we would do most of our uh, available time. He's talking about books like uh, the Chronicles of Narnia, books the kids could get into, yeah. And we didn't, we didn't, I don't know if we had TV or not, but we didn't watch TV. We, we would read books before the kids went to bed, and it was, you know, it was so fun. Um, can remember clearly, you know, reading a chapter, or whatever, and it, oh, another chapter, let's go, or Rod, another chapter. <laughs> it was, it was a good, it was a good thing, and this was, you know, this was bringing a ten and eleven year old into a brand new marriage with, with my Sarah as well. So, um, lots of challenges. Steve, Kathy, anything to add? Uh, I, you know, if you look, if you look at, you look back um, now with kids who are in their, we have a one in each uh, decade, the way they were born. And um, so 
It, it varies for the older uh, ones, and it um, is different for the little ones and, and a different season, but uh, it's to be authentic, um, I believe, to be that person that, um, as you read the Bible, as you grow in your relationship with the Lord, that person that you know uh, God would have you be. And um, you, don't, you don't really have any place to go as far as uh, if you want to do things another way uh, in front of your children. That always was a, a real serious thing to, to us to be uh, authentic. And being at the camp and having kids' activities going 24-7, um, something well, not quite that much, but it was uh, always, there was always a place for them to be joining in. And we tried to do a lot of things as a family so that, um, you know, they saw us um, develop our relationship with God and we were working to help them also to become uh, Christians. And um, they all had made a commitment and there have been ups and downs, but I think that's probably common to all of us. And they, uh, I think, would look back and say, you know, be with your kids. I guess that would be be with them in the faith. And it, it occurs to me that uh, all of us have different circles of friends, people that we associate with. Sometimes you, your life is work, you know, or it's neighborhood, or it's church. And I think really important uh, for us, we were blessed, of course, to be part of a part of a ministry where our kids and the model and, and, the, and the things they saw from other people, you know, were good examples. Uh, they had a lot of mentors. They had a lot of uh, other families, and we tried to, you know, we had some great relationships within the church and within the camp, and it really helped. So I think, practically speaking, you know, it's good for families to kind of examine their circles and where they move and what message the kids are getting from that, you know, or uh, just just to be blunt, if you've got a guy, or guy at work or something that's not a Christian, uh, and you're out with them, you know that message to your children may, you know, may not be good. So you may have to undo that when you get home, for instance. And so I just think we need to be, you know, really focused on the message that our kids are getting, not just from us but from others. I think one of the things I appreciate that you guys mentioned, uh, Kathy, you mentioned, and then we talked about Thursday night was just uh, being natural um, and uh, you know making faith a natural part of who you are and what you're doing. It doesn't have to be this forced, awkward, um, oh, you know, we're doing this because we're, you know, we're the church, the pastor said, but make it just a part of who you are. Make it a part of your rhythms, I think is good. We have eight minutes for three questions. So uh, we're going to roll through a few more questions. Uh, how do you handle times when you do not agree on how to parent your children? Woo, does that ever happen? Did that ever happen? Sure. <laughs> I think uh, I think it's pretty simple. Mom and dad have to be on the same page, and uh, especially in front of the kids. And certainly that is hard. And um, I think many times uh, you you can get on the same page if you talk it over. And uh, even if you don't end up in total unity, um, never let them know. <laughs> Oh, they are smart, and they will know. But um, you have to go back again and say, well, the answers lie with the Lord. And that's why 
We want you to read the Bible. We want you to grow in, in your, after your commitment. We want you to do things God's way. And um, that sounds pretty simple, but that's really the truth. So I think uh, something I just picked up on it was a united front is uh, you want the kids, uh, you may disagree, but you don't want the kids to know about that. And uh, Pat and Rod, how has that played out for you guys, um, having that united front? How do, you, how do you display that united front to the kids? Well, I agree with what Kathy and Steve have said. Um, I don't think I've got anything different to add at all that you've, you, if you don't agree, and sadly you'll probably find it out when you both conflict over some particular thing right there in front of your kid. <laughs> but um, you, you just have to get away together, uh, talk it through, pray it through, um, come to some agreement as to what is the best for your child, uh, this situation, from God's perspective. And I, I can't add anything to I mean, that's just, I don't know what else you would do, but it's really important, again, with conflict, to my mind, that you just don't, it's not that you don't ever have an argument in front of your kids, that's not real either, but you don't have an argument to the point where there's real anger and, um, you know, meanness that begins to manifest itself in front of your kids. You don't want to do that to each other either. So I, I think that's getting away together and praying and talking. I think one of the, one of the dangers and one of the things that we experienced was we have uh, like 20 years span between the older kids and the younger kids. We have two adopted five. younger kids, so we had so the three and then. One of the things I noticed was over the years as we treat the younger ones, we treated the younger ones different than the older ones, uh, not by design, but as you kind of grow in Christ, you, you realize that there's, there's more things that are more important than maybe the way you handled it when the kids were with the older kids. <coughs> um, but one of the things that I, I really believe as we should treat one another in the church, each one of us, uh, with the same respect and love uh, consistently. <clears throat> you don't play favorites amongst the kids or amongst what you let them do. That's, and that's particularly true with your kids. I mean, when you've got five kids, you, sometimes there's a tendency to, to want to like one kid better than the other kid because of who They're they nicer. are for some reason. <laughs> but you can't do that. It's not that God loves us each one of us the same, totally. And that's the model that we should have in loving our kids. I think for us personally, um, a lesson we've learned is <laughs> maybe being on the same page and coming to an agreement about how we're gonna handle a situation doesn't necessarily mean that one person won the other over. <laughs> um, and that is a really good way to practice sacrificial and submissive love. Um, this issue is really important to my husband, and so I'm going to go with him on this. Or he recognizes, you know what, I disagree, but this is a really important issue to you, so we're going to go this way. Or, you know, considering all those factors. Um, moving into kind of 
older children, how can I shepherd my adult children through their own poor decision making? We have two minutes for this question, by the way. <laughs> I was going to mention older children because that's where we are now. Uh, some of the same principles apply, but I, I do think there's got to be agreement, and I think uh, you have to really uh, discern with, with the older child. They're independent, but hey, they're still your child. They're always going to be your kids, and you're going to be their parents. So I think you have to go in with that understanding and, uh, and again, try and agree together on how you're going to approach, uh, approach the situation. You can make mistakes. You still need to be, I think, a united front. And if the Lord convicts you of a mistake, then, then you have to take a circuitous route. Maybe you have to apologize to your child, but it's not the same as disagreeing in front of them, whether they're an adult or whether they're small. We have that um, ongoing in our lives, and I think we probably took a lot of time when we were discussing this the other night. Uh, we um, uh, are praying for our youngest because being our seemingly most uh, strong Christian has gone into um, a field of study. She's finished now, but it's a very uh, the medical field, and... Um, She's dealing with a lot of things and getting, uh, her, you know, understanding how does my faith fit in and maybe instead of just going, going into it with faith. And um, so we, you know, we'd love to have your prayers. We have, uh, we have one that um, is looking at other directions, and we never thought that would happen. So I just mentioned that to to say, you know, this is our prayer project right now, and we're determined. <laughs> so um, that happens, and uh, God is able. I think discernment is what you guys mentioned the other night, really going into it with discernment and keeping the door open, maintaining the relationship. That's a good summary. And, and counseling with your older kids, all of our kids are older, obviously, and... Um, to let you know how real our lives are as well. Uh, of the five children, three are walking with Christ and two are not. Um, and this is a heartbreak for our parents. Um, but I think the counsel you can give, God will direct as to when it's appropriate, uh, is to counsel them with what is the word of God, what the truth of God says, um, not what, you know, not what culture says or whatever, but but always be ready to, um, to give the word of God. I don't mean you'll have to quote scripture, but the principles of God's, of God's word. Um, lovingly, winsomely, as, you know, sometimes it is met with um, disgust or anger, but sometimes it's met with a softening of a spirit, too. And to have that opportunity, you have to maintain that relationship, and I think that was uh, one. Last question. We have two minutes. Uh, Pat and Rod, I'm going to throw this out to you. Uh, minute and a half. Uh, I keep talking. Uh, how do you handle parenting in a blending, blended family? You guys were a blended family. Uh, so what wisdom can you give to uh, families in that situation of um, having a blended family? I, I touched on one of them. Um, <clears throat> is this kind of consistency of teaching, treating each kid the same? Uh, no matter the relationship because we love them and we've got to love them uh, all the time and so it's no matter where they're at 
what their conflicts are or what their problems are. Uh, we have to love them and they need to do that consistently. Um, we had the blended family of children from both marriages and then we adopted two, two younger ones later. So we had a real, we had everything. We had two foster kids for a while. So um, does that make us experts? Makes us tired. Um, <laughs> but I think what, what we decided from the very beginning, uh, because there can be conflicts and if you've got ex-spouses uh, involved too, we did not. That wasn't the case for us, but it is for a lot of people. But we determined, uh, definitely and lovingly, that in our home, I am mom, and he is dad. And that those are the those are the principles that we will live by in our home. I'm mom, and he's dad. And it was that's a simple thought, but it it worked. For us. I I like how you you didn't mention it today, but I like how you guys talked about you really tried to focus on stability for all these children with different needs and different life changes, stability, whatever you did, you tried to have a stable home. And maybe I can add here, um, it was a blessing, but um, when we got uh, Brent and Michelle, Rod's two children, we got custody of, the, custody of them um, about within months after we were married, which was also months after we became Christians, but they had come from a rough spot, and I think God really impressed it on us, that stability angle. But I quit working and stayed home and I, so that there was a consistent person always at home for the kids, and that was really important. All right. Uh, can you give them a round of applause for me, please? I... I hope this is something that you can understand. Again, I just point to Proverbs twenty-eight twenty-six says, uh, the person who trusts in himself is a fool, uh, but one who walks in wisdom will be safe. And I think that's kind of what we've tried to, to model today. Uh, wherever you are in life, I hope there's some people a few steps ahead of you that you can um, uh, ask for wisdom. Say, here's where I'm at. Here's the situation I'm dealing with. Um, I, I, I will probably... Uh, get in trouble for this, but I will throw Pat and Rod and Steve uh, and Kathy out. Uh, they would love to give you wisdom and uh, connect with them and say, hey, here's where I'm at. Uh, what wisdom? Uh, not that they're perfect. Uh, none of us are, um, but I think that I uh, really appreciate the idea. And, and to come back and swing this back around to a uh, principle that applies to every one of us here today. Um, several times you guys talked about just the need for, for Christ. Uh, the need to have a Christ-centered home, the need to have a Christ-centered marriage. And it's almost trivial, but uh, when we think about where you are today, isn't that why we're at church? It's because we want what only God can do for us. Uh, we want God's blessing in these areas of our life. And wherever you are today, where I, why, whatever reason you came to church, I, mean, I hope you hear that first and foremost, is that um, God is the answer. And, and pursuing Him first and foremost in your life um, man, that's where God's blessing comes from. Uh, that's where his guidance comes from. And uh, if I could give you any uh, takeaway, it's, it's put God first in whatever, uh, wherever you are, in your marriage, in your parenting, in your workplace, um, in your community. Uh, put God first and foremost and allow him to bless that. I'm going to pray, and uh, thank you guys for, for what you've done.